Hello and welcome to the one of the last Doctor Supercoach podcasts for the season. It is the last podcast before your season will finish, and it is the grand final this week. So a very, very big podcast, and it's going to be a bit of a longer one than what you've experienced in the last couple of weeks, where we've just been short and sharp. This week will be very detailed in your injury replacements, captains' options. And of course, there's an announcement at the end. I am joined, of course, by Pistol. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, JB. I'm looking forward to the grand final podcast. Yes, big grand final podcast. And I don't know why you take my advice because I'm actually not in any grand finals, Pistol. Uh, that is actually pretty embarrassing for you. At least you made finals, though, I imagine. Actually, I not don't answer that just in case. I made every single league final, and I lost in every single prelim, and most of them were by less than 50 points. So I'm actually a little bit upset about it, but it just shows I'm in very competitive league, so it's, it's not too bad, I guess. <laughs> well, uh, no, unfortunately, I have two grand finals to play for. Um, hopefully I can at least win one of them because I only made finals in, I think, those two leagues as well. So uh, it's a disappointing year. Um, I've fallen now for eight straight weeks in a row, but it's been this really dramatically slow fall where I fall like 200 spots every week. So um, I'm about to slip outside to the 4K mark, probably. I assume I'm going to fall again. Um, so I'll probably finish <laughs> my season around there unless something drastic happens. Don't have any zeros on the field, but I mean... It hasn't really stopped my team from performing poorly. Um, but, yeah, looking forward to having this year just kind of roll over and die and, you know, start afresh for next year. Yeah, so obviously we both dealt with that Josh Kelly injury for six weeks, which pretty much ruined our chances of finishing in that top K. Because when you carry a player for six weeks and play the emergency, it's you're not going to come out in, in the positive for scores. So... Oh, I, um, I reckon, JB, I would have got there if I had, uh, <laughs> had those two crucial 50-50s where... I, I chose, uh, you know, I don't know making me say it, Ed Kerno over Cripps coming off the bye as well as getting Webster over Lloyd um, in that one week as well. The Probably the two crucial 50-50s for my team when I was ranked 600th and then have just dramatically fallen since then. Um, they probably yeah, would have may- held me Yeah, maybe you are there. a bad coach. Yeah, maybe, but I had to get there, um, you know, holding at like 16 injured players. So um, <laughs> just one of those years and hopefully next year get a clear run at it. Yes, yeah, so speaking of injuries, we'll jump straight into the four major outs this week. And it's, it's more like two major outs, but we will speak about all of them. Firstly, the big... Um, I mean, if you picked Walters this year, you've probably already wasted 13 trades on him, but you might have to waste another this week because he is out. He's missing the grand final. The one week you do need him in your squad, he's not there for you. So I think he'll be on a lot of people's never again list after this season. But right now we have to talk about his replacement options, Pistol. Yeah, there's a few decent ones. Fortunately, he managed to still maintain value at 417k. Um, he's not like in the Rockliffe territory where it's very slim pickings. Um, I've just got you know, a handful of uh, players that are cheaper than him, a couple around his price and a couple top-end ones that I'll be looking at for this week, given it's just a, you know, you're going for those one-week punts. Uh, which kind of variety would you like to start off with, JB? We'll go with the ones around his price range, for starters. All right, well, literally 2K more expensive than him is 
Jared Waite in his final game against St Kilda, coming off 119. As a one-week punt, I think you could do a lot worse. Um, that's probably the most unique option on the list, um, but certainly they're probably going to want to give him a big send-off as well. So um, if you can buy the Great Man one last time, I think you're probably in for... A decent haul. Um, could go anyway, but he's somebody that at least uh, none of your rivals are going to be looking at. So um, one for you to consider there. Uh, there's also a couple um, around 440 and a little bit below, between 430 and 440. We've got uh, Josh Jenkins, um, who plays Carlton this week at 440k. He's got a five-round average of 93, and he doesn't really go massive, but he also puts in scores with a high uh, floor. He generally gets around the 90 to 100 mark most weeks, and given he's playing Carlton, maybe you can you know, it'll creep up to the 100 mark as well. So um, at 440k, I think he's quite a decent option. If you also want another Adelaide Crows, we've got Malera, who we've spoken about before in the past, where he's scoring particularly well, um, who also plays Carlton, and I think he'll get around the 95 to 100 mark as well. And then lastly, um, a player that's coming to form just at the right time is Prips for... <laughs> Not, not the Carlton one, unfortunately, um, for West Coast at 430k, plays Brisbane Lions, is in a pretty decent vein of form. He's probably not my number one go-to option, um, but he is an option, so he's somebody that we should definitely talk about. Out of those ones, JB, which ones do you like the best? I don't know if I'm showing my draft bias here, but I think Jared Waite for a big send-off is... He's a big-time player, isn't he? We saw that last week against the Crows with his big last quarter although they didn't get over the line, of course. But to, for him to have announced his retirement before the game, have a decent opposition in St. Kilda, surely he just tears it up with a big 120-plus. And if he doesn't, he's probably going to get less than 50. But let's go with the 120-plus one. I, I like the all-or-nothing in Jared Wade. It is definitely all-or-nothing. Do you want to tackle the, the cheaper than Walters ones next or the Primo's? Um, all right, we'll go. We'll go cheaper first. See, see those people trying to pick up those bargain options. Uh, I think the cheapest good option is probably Parfit. He, he scored um 117 last week, and this week he plays the Gold Coast Suns at the Cattery. 354k. I think he's just on everyone's radar. It's kind of an obvious pick given his start to the year was you know explosive, and he's got that massive ceiling as well as we saw him go 169 earlier in the season. So I think he's a really good cheap pick. He's probably even better than all the other picks we uh, talked about so far as well, um, so you have to consider him. Um, Caddy is 397k. We mentioned him last week. Even though Presti is back this week, um, Western Bulldogs are okay. They're not the toughest of opposition. I still think Caddy will um, score around the ton mark. And lastly, we've got uh, Tom T. Lynch at 398k, and that's Adelaide Crow Lynch, who plays Carlton as well. So he's also um, capable in that, you know, Josh Jenkins vein of just, you know, scoring 100 to 110 against weaker opposition. And it's probably going to do that against Carlton because I don't know how much of a fight they're willing to put up when they're, you know, trying to take what they can from the, the last minutes of their season. Yeah, very harsh for Carlton fans there, but... I think Parfit's the pick of the bunch there. And yeah, like you said, almost the pick of any of the players that we've discussed so far. So I wonder if any premium options top that. There's three good ones uh, this season. I mean, you'd have to be blind not to see Dunkley's form. He's got a five-round average of 130. Um, even though they play the reigning premiers, I mean, the guy is in absolute insane form. Um, it's very hard if 
to pick anyone past him. But in saying that, he's not my number one option. He is my number two option because Tom Hawkins is 519k. He's just kicked six goals. He's playing Gold Coast. He's four behind Jack Rewalt in the Coleman medal, and you know that they're going to try and get him over the line. Um, he's going to win, want to win that Coleman medal as well, and they're going to absolutely slaughter Gold Coast. And I would be surprised if he scored anything less than six goals. Um, and as we saw Jack kick 10 against Gold Coast not too long ago, um, I think Hawkins has the potential to do that as well. So at 519k, uh, Hawkins is definitely my number one option there. And lastly, Menegola is also in really good form. 539k. Not quite sure why you pick him over Hawkins, but there's maybe you already have Hawkins, and Menegola is another really solid option who's who's likely to go 110 plus against Gold Coast. Yeah, and if you get in Tom Hawkins, like you said, also a, a sneaky vice captaincy option, so you can bring that to your team as well. So depends how willing you are to uh, to risk it. That's for sure, but. Tom Hawkins, very obvious pick, I think, as well. But Dunkley's form, absolutely amazing. So he's one to look out for next year, for sure. So I think that summarizes our Walters selections. I think Parfit, uh, if you're short on money or, or don't have enough money to upgrade to anyone, and if you've got a decent war chest there or can use two trades to build up some money if you've got no other injuries, a big Tommy Hawkins would be great to go with. So we'll move on to Tom Rockliffe, and I'm very, very frightened of the suggestions that you're about to give me. <laughs> well, I, I do want to say people have maybe, you know, 440K in the bank or 450, 60K, and they want to spend it. But sometimes spending the money and just having 100K left over at the end of the season, it's okay. Like if Parfit is the best option under 450k then get him it doesn't matter that it's 350k you just want to get the most amount of points for the player that you trade in in the last round so just take price out of the equation look at the form look at who they're playing and just select who you think will score the best regardless of price um, I think that's something that a lot of coaches make mistakes on going into the very last week of uh, the re- the season um, JB Rockliffe, I'm going to give you a heads up. The list is not pretty. Um, I'm not really going to quite talk about the premium options because they're a bit more obvious. And really, if you have money in the bank, you can take whatever you can get because these options, um, you know, right around this price, oof, it's uh, hard to look at. Um, we did mention Caddy at 397k, and I, I still think he's going to get score around 100 against Bulldog. So he has to be a Rockliffe option who's at uh, himself at 371k. We've got Zaharakis at 395k. He's quite cheap. He's uh, not in the best form, but he started <laughs> the season. That's probably why he's cheap. He, he, well, he did get injured, and he's coming back from the injury, and his form's been a bit poor. But the thing with Zaharakis is he's got great pedigrees. Start of the season was very hot. You know, he scored plenty of tons, and um, if you're banking banking on somebody to score close to the ton, Zaharakis at 395k is probably a good punt. Again, we've got Parfit, 354k, who is cheaper than Rockliffe. Um, probably the best choice that's cheaper than Rockliffe. If you can't afford anyone else, he's probably the go-to there. We've got Jack Steven at 397k. In terrible form, but it's Jack Steven. We know <laughs> that he has a really high ceiling. Um, they don't have the toughest opponent in North Melbourne as well, so there's at least potential there. <laughs> you know, At this price, you're just paying for potential at the end of the day. Um, and lastly, and cheapestly, I know that's not a word, but we'll roll with it, Seedsman nice. at 340k, uh, playing Carlton. You know, he's an offensively-minded player. Brody Smith is out this week, so um, I'd expect Seedsman to 
get a bit of the ball, um, be a bit damaging against Carlton, and not have to play two-way football because it's Carlton. So he'll probably score okay, not as well as some of the other options, but I'm still expecting a score between 80 and 100, which, you know, at 340k, that's pretty much all you can ask for, JB. Yeah, and funnily enough, I, I feel like Parfit's my number one option for this bunch as well. So I never thought I'd be naming Parfit as my, my go-to midfielder and forward for the round. But uh, with that money, you really don't have much to work with. So um, yeah, Parfit probably my go-to on that in that instance. Yeah, it's definitely hard to go past. So uh, the big one, Bell Chambers. <laughs> yeah, the literal big one, not the, <laughs> not the actual big one. Oh no, we've... Uh... He scored well. We recommended him, and uh, I was all happy. But as with every player I have recommended over the last couple of weeks, they have got injured. Um, sorry to Reece Stanley owners who then traded to Bell Chambers. This has just gone absolutely horribly for you. Oh, um, boy. <laughs> but fortunately, there are, I'm going to say, three options around his price that are probably worth considering. Obviously, if you can afford Grundy, get Grundy. Just get Grundy. Um, but if not... Around he, Bell Chambers is 445k. We've got Goldstein at 488k, um, playing against the Saints, which is a particularly good matchup for him as well. So I expect him to go quite well. Um, he's probably my number one replacement option if you can afford, you know, that extra 40k. If you only have 30k, Nank against Bulldogs again is a decent matchup, but I'd prefer Goldie if you can stretch to him. And if you can't afford an upgrade on Bell Chambers oh, and no. you have to downgrade, the number oh, one no. option is. Ryan Abbott at 123k, the rookie from Geelong. He scored 110 and 100 in his first two games. Plays against Wits, which isn't great, but kid can play. It's against Gold Coast. It's going to be a lot of ball ups because there's going to be a lot of goals. So there will be a lot of opportunities for him to get some hit outs, and he just needs to do enough. Basically, it, so, sorry, who? <laughs> the Geelong Ruckman JV. Haven't you been paying attention? Did you say Tony Abbott? <laughs> I can't bring the politics into this uh, podcast, JB, or I'm switching off. Well, sneak, sneak preview. One of the Q&A questions is about politics. So. Well, that's my time to leave. I'll uh, catch you next week, community. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I never thought I'd hear, I'd hear a 120K player being recommended for an injured premium, but... I guess you can't argue that average. What is it, 105? It is 105. So That's actually pretty incredible. It's, <laughs> I'm kind of <laughs> upset that they ruined him for next season for us. Completely ruined for next season. Um, although oh. I imagine Stanley or Zach Smith will play. Anyway, um, so which ones do you like out of those three options, JB? A Goldstein's probably the obvious one, but if I couldn't afford Goldstein, I think I'd go with Abba over Nankovic. Well, I mean, I don't know why you're laughing. The, the stats, the two-game sample size speaks for itself, JB. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it just sounds bad, doesn't it? Oh, Are we recommending Abbott on a podcast? Um, I mean, look, we've done worse things this season, let's put it that way. True, you did select Ed Kerner over Patrick Cripps. Come on, that's not a, something that I advised. Actually, I think okay, I did. I probably now, did. We'll move on to I recommended the final Reece out. <laughs> final out is Alex Witherden for Brisbane. And hopefully he welds some good options besides the fact that he scored like 13 on the weekend. Oh, you know he doesn't. At 416k, JB. <laughs> um, within the, the players 
that are around his price. You've got Jaden Short at 426k. Um, I expect he'll do okay against Western Bulldogs, but it's a recurring theme where I recommend Jaden Short every week, and he's not good. So this is uh, something that has <laughs> come to bite me plenty of times, and hopefully this week will be the one where he's actually good. Um, but if you don't want to go there, you want to go for another Geelong player. As with all these recommendations, Geelong players have kind of been the top of the list. Zach Tui is 420k, and he's been in great form for the last five weeks. Um, I would definitely recommend getting him. He's got four of the last five above 80 with a with 100 plus in there as well. And I just don't think he's going to let you down against Gold Coast. Well, I'd, I'd be surprised. Um, although, who knows where the ball will be in that match. It might not even go, um, you know, in the back line at all. Again, the cheaper options are not pleasant to hear, JB, but we have to name the cheaper options and within. We've got... Uh, uh, please don't. We've got... Jimmy Webster at 356k. He's there for potential. His form is average. He's playing average. St Kilda is average. But Jimmy Webster (laughs) has scored well this season, so you don't quite know what you're going to get. Hopefully he can bang out a big score to take you to league victory. Uh, We've spoken about Seedsman at 340k, um, who could be a a wild card to end your year. And lastly, um, one of the decent calls, I think, after... He hadn't played a game. Was uh, Hooley? He's 361k. He's got three mid 80 scores in a row, and I don't see why he won't have another mid 80 score um, this week against the Bulldogs. So he's probably a safe, a safe, decent bet. Um, and that is probably all of the bargain price with it and uh, replacements. And if you're looking for a top option, you probably have. You know the Lloyds, and I guess there's you know the big the big four. I guess you got you got the Simos and Lairds and Yos um, of the world. But Brayshaw again is in really fine form. If you can't afford Brayshaw, you're probably back down to this batch with the Tui, and you just hope uh, for the best there. I think JB, um, would you agree with that? Yeah, you definitely hope for the best because I mean they're they're priced poorly for a reason. Some of them for injury, but a lot of them just because they had form slumps and. It's just a massive risk going in, hoping that they're just not in another bad sort of form slump. So I know Tui is carrying that hand injury, but for me, he is quite easily the best pick of the bunch. So he's got the potential to go 100 plus, um, as he showed just recently, and and just has that real consistent 80, 85 plus uh, game to him. So I do like Tui the most. Alrighty, so uh, what's next in store for the podcast, JB? I know you've got actually done some work for once and written up some sort of agenda yes there is some sort of agenda. I, I don't think i've read off of a page during the podcast all year and probably all last year but and it I explains your rank any... jb <laughs> hey i'm 7k it could be a lot worse it could be um it could be cheese though let's, let's be fair <laughs> <laughs> well we'll go through some questions now because we did open up to the facebook community and twitter community so we'll we'll read out all these questions we'll try and be short and sharp we'll start off with jay who asks who should our number one target going into next season be who is someone you feel will regress massively next season also a grand final pick would be cool oh you guys did an amazing job this year and thank you for all the advice so thank you jay thanks jay um so we'll start off with the number one target next season Oh, okay. So I'm getting this sprung upon. You've had time to plan. That seems fair. Um, Well, I I mean, it's not like I haven't thought about this, you know, every night for the last about six to eight months. 
um, just because <laughs> my season's been so poor. Um, but definitely for me, I think I've resigned to the fact that uh, Western Bulldogs are going to finish 13th on the ladder, and that means the bottom six get an easier draw um, going into next season. So I'm going to want some Western Bulldogs players. And for me, if Bonson Pelly gets that forward status... He is the first picked player in my side, and if he doesn't get the forward status, or actually doesn't even matter if he does or doesn't because it, it's irrelevant, I'm going to pick uh, Jack McRae because he has been bonkers this season, and with an easy draw, I, I don't think he's going to regress. He even got injured in one of the games, so he's kind of injury-affected priced as well. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's it's got to be Jack McRae. Yeah, and I think that's a great one. He'll probably be on most team sheets, so... Um, ignoring the injury-plagued uh, players like Doherty because we don't know how Supercoach will price them, so they might not be as essential as we think uh, going into the season. I'm going to go with Josh Kelly, who's missed a handful of games this year, not really gotten it going. He's He's got a good average, but has had a couple of injury-affected games as well. Next season, he and GWS will, will go hard at it, and I can see him quite easily going over 120 average, which means... He'll go into the season uh, a little underpriced. So I think Josh Kelly will be my safe safe pick of the year and someone I'm just going to look at to lock and load from, from round one inwards. But might be a little bit of bias there as well, Pistol. I still love him after he put me through six weeks of hell this year. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'll do it, but I'll, I'll definitely consider it. If the, the price and the structure of the team is right, then you know, <laughs> go for it. Now, what was the next part of the question? I can't remember. Next part was who do we feel will regress massively this uh, this next season? Ed Kerno, because he's already doing it halfway through the season in my side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh... <laughs> I mean, uh, that hurts. <laughs> he does. He's, he's averaging 104, and I would be very surprised if he averaged near that next season. Um, that's for sure. But if you want a more uh, conventional pick... Um, ooh, this is tough with no forethought. Um, what, if you've, <laughs> you've probably tough. already got somebody in mind, so why don't you uh, go first so I can actually ever think about it? No, I, I actually don't. I think um, I think in terms of super coach relevancy, I think Devin Smith will be an obvious regression. He'll be in the midfield, so almost unpickable. I don't know if I can do this. This feels like a bit of a cheat, but that's cheating. Um, go, going going and getting the most tackles ever in a season. Um, I think he relies heavily upon that. I, I, I don't know if he'll break his own record next season. So I think he, considering he's had a bit of a record-breaking year for himself, he will probably surely regress. <laughs> it's a hard question. It, I mean, it is hard It's question. easy to pick an <laughs> aging player and just say, like, Pendlebury, re, uh, Pendlebury will regress next year. So will Selwood, uh, Ablett probably. Oh, he probably can't even, but... You know, there's a lot of aging players that you can pick on, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's a tough question. You could probably throw in some key forwards as well, Jack Rewalt, Tom Hawkins. You just assume that they won't, you know, go 90 plus next year because key forwards are so up and down, and that would be more of a safe bet. Um, I think Cade Simpson is a good answer for this question with Doherty back in the side. I think uh, Simo will probably drop off to the low 90s average um, with Doherty coming in, you know, averaging 100 plus most likely for next season. So um, I think Cade Simpson's probably a more measured answer to that question. Yes, love it. Uh, so Jay also finishes off with asking for a grand final pick. Jesus, um, Jay, you get one question. <laughs> no, Jay's triple dipped here. Okay. He's, he's gone for all three. So uh, I assume he's asking for a normal grand final prediction. Who who do we think will be in there and who will win? So, Oh, well, it, 
I mean, we it's Collingwood, right? It has to be Collingwood. <laughs> I don't know if it has to be. There's no bias. It's Collingwood. Done. Easy question. I think uh, <laughs> I think Richmond will win against Sydney in the grand final this year. All right. I think Collingwood will win against uh, Richmond. There we go. Um, I'm going to it's go not a bad the... shout. Collingwood obviously amazing this season, so I'm not I'm not laughing at you. I'm just laughing at your bias. <laughs> I'm just going with Collingwood West Coast first week of finals. Collingwood to knock off West Coast, playing opposite prelim to Richmond, and then we play at the G and hopefully we cop one of the interstate sides and <laughs> knock them off in the prelims, make the grand final. Richmond make the grand final. Massive game. Collingwood wins the premiership. Done. Season okay. Over. Next question. Uh, Reese asks uh, asks. Um, would love an insight into what you do in the off season to prepare for next year. So um, I don't know about you, Pistol, but I've already written a list of players that really came home strong this year. Um, a list of players that started strong but uh, digressed during the year. So hopefully, with another off season, um, they can they can sort of like add a bit to their tank. Like McLean, for example, if he's forward eligible again, um, and really just sort of look at who's playing out of position. So they're the sort of players that you're going to look at next season in different positions and also look at players that have had injury-affected scores, so um, might be underpriced. So just put together a little bit. I don't know if you, you handwrite or you, you do an Excel spreadsheet, but um, I've got a, a decent list of 10 or 15 players that I've, I'm going to be looking at very closely next preseason. So and waiting for the, the prices in the DPP positions to come out as well. So um, that's me personally. I'll just do a little bit of little bit of uh, research into it, but not a whole lot for me. Yeah, I think the preseason is, you know, the crunch time for super coach picking as well because so much can happen. Um, the trade period as well massively affects teams. You know, where's Gaff going? Where's Shield going? These are going to throw spanners in the works. Um you know, for your starting sides for next year. I do want to mention while we are talking about starting sides for next year, um, Zach Williams is named uh, this week. So I think that's really good um, because I don't think Supercoach will have given him a discount for next season. I think he will have been priced at the same. They've manually changed some players' prices in the past. Gary Ablett has been injured for most of the season and not received a discount. Um, I'm pretty sure Lacroix a couple of years ago as well um, wasn't priced at what he should have been priced at. They just ignored the injury discount. And I am quite sure that they won't give a discount to Doherty as well um, because that seems just in the same vein as that Gaz, you know, that top player where if they're cheaper, everyone will pick him. So they just don't give him a discount. Um, I think Zach Williams was someone that they weren't going to give a discount to, but now that he's going to play one game, they either need to give him a 10 or 20 or 30% discount. I think that will be up to them and they'll make that call on that as well. Um, or, or, and they'll ignore whatever he scores this week, or they'll take into account what he scores this week. If he scores 100, 110, he'll be priced at 110, but then they'll give him like a 30% discount on top of that to kind of balance it out. And if he scores, you know, 70, then they'll take his current price um, and then just, you know, give him that 10% discount. Um, but now I think he will get a discount, whereas if he didn't play a game at all, I was quite sure that he wasn't going to get a discount at all. Yeah, that is all interesting and something that I don't understand as well as you do. But it is obviously, as you're saying, good news that he's playing because he will be a player that I probably pick in my defense uh, before I see any preseason form, obviously, which might change my selection. But I'm very, very keen on Zach Williams next year. And he was first picked in my side this year before the injury. So 
I'll be watching that one very closely. So the next question is by Oren, and he says, Hey, boys, thanks for the pods this season. One question, should I sideways trade Dusty for five this week? I'm unsure my opponent has neither. So um, who do you think will score better this week, Fife or Dusty? That's a great question. Um, also, do you have to... I think Dusty's going to score well this week. So do you have to trade Dusty? Like, is that the... I mean, you clearly got some banked cash. Just answer the man's question. I mean, I, I think Fife will outscore Dusty because Fife kills Collingwood. And I know that as a Collingwood supporter that he scores well against us um, without looking it up. Don't know exact numbers. I just know... He has... I remember what he scored, like 116 three quarters against us first round of last year or something like that. That um, does sound like Fife. Yeah, so, I mean, I would get Fife if I was choosing between Fife and Dusty, but there must be a better use of the cash somewhere in your side. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'd second that. I think Fife will outscore Dusty, but, you know, with the, with the surplus of money, yeah, maybe you can go... Another underperforming like Caniglio, if you still have him, would probably be a better trade-out option. So, yeah, no, it's, it, it is a tough one between those two, but I think Fife just edges him against Collingwood, who don't tend to throw too much at the opposition midfielders. So we'll move into the next question, which is by Grant, who says, who comes into the team for Malcolm Turnbull, P. Dutton or S. Morrison? And then David recommends loopholing B. Shorten, and Tim also recommends the POD, Julie Bishop. So I said I'd probably uh, switch off if there was political talk. So that's me gone, JB. No, I do want to D- say, though... Dutton or Morrison. If you do have cash in the bank, though, if you get a upgrade, you know, a Gelfie or a Hearn to a Parfitts just so you can loophole in the forward line for this week, um, <laughs> that might be a bigger advantage for you in your grand final. All right, we apologize, Grant. I think Pistol is intentionally neglecting your question. <laughs> so we'll move on to Bert, who says, how many players did you start with then stayed in your team the whole entire season? Given I have had no trades left, well, I actually had one for majority of the season because I'd used all of them up uh, before the buy. It's not many, Grant. Uh, I think it was just... Well, now I have to count, JB. Have you already wrote down your answer to this while I count? I mine? haven't. I'm loading up my t- I haven't looked at these questions same as you, so they're a surprise to me. I'm loading my team up now. Um, all right. Well, yeah, I've got uh, Laird, Titch, Danger, Kelly, um, Cornelio... Ooh, this is terrible. Um, Gorn and Alango, seven. And uh, Devin Smith, eight. That is... I'm not surprised, but that is terrible. <laughs> that is a very low number of I've players. Got, <laughs> I've got Rory Laird. Lockie Murphy <laughs> has survived all season. Tom Mitchell, Patrick Dangerfield, Josh Kelly are another few. Uh, Caniglio's another one. And Gorn... Oh, no, I didn't start with Stefan. Gorn, Alango, uh, Dev Smith, uh, and Tom Toby McLean as well. So 10, 10 for me. Yeah, I think uh, mine was particularly low because I had uh, the, you know, the Hibbard Billings, I had Ryder, I had Toby Green... Um, yep. you know, Venables and Ryan, all those players that had long-term injuries. Uh, so, yeah, they went out pretty early. And then I got, the, you know, the I got Heaney in, obviously, for Green, and Steph Martin in for um, Ryder. So I've had them for majority of the season, um, just not the entire season. Yeah, so I think it was a... It sort of, so, sort of shows how the season has gone with injuries. So 
the Eagles had a pretty rough year. Um, I mean, even if you think of Sicily, he was such a lock in in our top six defenders and or forwards. And well, not and or it's defenders or forwards. You can't have two of him. But him getting injured as well just threw a massive spanner in the works, and then we end up with bloody Jimmy Webster and. It's all just a mess. So I think it's been a pretty average season for that. Um, if you manage to jump on the the players before their form hit, like Angus Brayshaw, for example, instead of Jim Webster after their form wore off, then you had a really good year. So we'll move on to the next question, and it's Adam Merton. So he says, any thoughts on how rule changes may impact scoring? I'm going to straight away say uh, we don't know of any confirmed rule changes yet. So sort of tough to answer that question, but we'll t- be talking about that heavily in the preseason once we hear of any actual official rule changes. So, um, tough one there. He says, plus who are your first three picked players next season? So, we've already gone through the first. I think um, with an injury... Should we do do one from each line then, JB? Yes. Yes, go for it. Um, Would you like to start us off? Uh, No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right, so in my defense... Whew, this is this is difficult. I think in my defense, I'll be starting uh, Sicily pretty comfortably. He's very young and only going to get better. Had a few games off, had an injury-affected game as well. Obviously, is a hothead, but showed this year that he can go three quarters of a season without a suspension. So I think he'll be high on my to-buy list, especially considering we're probably going to lose players like Elliot Yo. Um, and well that's probably all I can see right now but uh, to the midfield so I'll move on to the next one my midfielder that'll be first picked I've already said Josh Kelly is going to be probably the number one player I'll look at next season um, probably a mixture of value and just absolute man crush in the ruck it could honestly be either of Gorn or Grundy I'm happy to start either so whichever has the easiest opening fixture I guess or uh, whatever the flavor of the month is. And in the forward line, this is difficult. Uh, Bontempelli is the easy answer. If he gains forward status or Dangerfield or Dusty or any midfielder that gains forward status pretty much. Yeah, well, I think that's that's pretty safe. Uh, for myself, um, I like starting with Laird every season, although uh, I think Whitfield might be... Um, a good pick for uh, that's next year. If, yeah, that's a good, good, good call. Especially if um, Shield does leave, then um, maybe maybe Whitfield. But the the backline next year is going to be massive because you know you're going to get Lloyd. Um, you've got Whitfield. You got Doherty. You got Zach Williams. You got Laird. If I've, I don't know if I said him already. Sicily. Um, Sicily. You've got all these players that could go a hundred plus. So it's just going to be it's going to be very interesting um, the backline and how many people uh, players will start with. Sorry, how many. Yeah, players people will start with next season in the back line. There's premier options. Uh, in the midfield, I already went with McRae. In the rucks, um, Gorn, I think, will be my number one. I don't know at this stage if I will select Grundy. I mean, I want to, but if if, if there's a value pick, I'll always take um, a, a starting ruckman that's rookie-priced. I don't know if there will be one, but, you know, if Proust leaves to become number one ruck at some other club, whatever he's priced at, he might be, um, you know, a lock at whatever K he will be, like 250K or something. So... Um, that is on the cards and in the forward line again whichever midfielder gets the forward status none of these forwards are really um, you know dying to be picked maybe McLean as well just because of how well he started and I think the Bulldogs again will get that easy draw and be in fighting form so 
Um, might be a bit dogs heavy, but yeah, we'll wait and see how the fixtures go and, and everything um, when it all comes out later in the year. Yeah, good call, I think. And the next question we have is a team question. So uh, Jackson has been nice enough to upload a good picture of his team, which we can see all the... No, we can't because it's got the the projections there. Okay, well, nice try, Jackson, but decent enough. He's got two trades and 79K in the bank pistol. I personally have not looked at the team. Have you looked at the team, and do you have any suggestions for him? Um, I have looked at this team. See, it's funny because he's got two trades, and now... Um, this actually just reminds me of a story. So, quick story time. Um, <laughs> Mrs. Pistol is in the top 1K, and last week she had three trades left with no injuries. Um, so, she had to sideways trade a Primo to hopefully gain more points and traded Ed Kerner out for McRae and lost eight points. Um, and again, this week now has to sideways trade a Primo um, to hopefully gain more points, but it may cost her more points. And it just is funny to see that People who, you know, burn this trade in round two to get out Hibbard, um, for example, or, or Billings, you know, people yell at them and say, oh, you're wasting a trade, you'll need it later in the year. But sometimes you don't. If you don't cop the injuries, you don't need the trade. I mean, as I said, she lost eight points going Kerno to McRae. Who knows what will happen this week with that trade, but I'd rather have traded out Hibbard in round two than hold the whole trade for the entire season and just not need it. <laughs> and then have to be forced into a luxury luxury trade, you know, in the final round of the season. So I definitely like I can understand, um, especially if you're playing for league, holding your trades and you know holding some trades for the end of the year. But for people that say you're guaranteed to get injuries and you're guaranteed to need trades at the end of the year, sometimes you don't. Um, so you definitely can't just say straight off the bat that you will definitely need the trades. Um, coming into the end of the year. And looking at this team here, like he's got a full playing team. He does have Walters, so he's going to have to get rid of it. But he's got two trades. I mean, technically, you could get rid of Walters for Parfit and call it a day. Um, but, you know, you're probably not going to do that. Um, with two trades, the weakest team members um, over here are clearly Hurley and Walters, so I'd probably get rid of them. Um, I'm not quite sure what the prices are because uh, the screen doesn't have the prices, but I think... So I'd Walter's be... down to Parfit, and then would the money go up to someone uh, like Jake Lloyd or, or whoever he doesn't own that's a real heavy hitter in the, the defense? I was more thinking um, either downgrade a rookie and do Walter's up to Hawkins or just do um, like a Hurley to a Hurley to a Hooley. It's a bit sideways and a bit of a nothing trade and then do Walters to Hawkins because I think it's 1k short of that off the top of my head. What? Or, yeah, a couple of k short off that. Um, either, yeah, I think um, I, I'd probably be upgrading Walters to a Geelong forward this week and either using a rookie to free up the cash. Um, you know what, that's, that's, that's what I'd do, JB. He's got playing cover in no lines. Um, sorry, just in the back line. So I would be be looking at trading um, one of the bench midfielders to a playing bench rookie just so that he has cover just in case there is an unfortunate leader. Or even, yeah, I guess that would be enough <laughs> to free up cash for Walters. I was going to say, if you have Buddy, maybe hold the trade in case Buddy's a laid out, but he doesn't have Buddy. So, um, yeah, there's that too. Okay, we'll jump on to Phil's question, which is also a team-related question. So this, will, this is our last team-related question. 
Um, Phil says, this is my team, have one trade left, 95K in the bank. Sent a real dodgy looking picture, but he also has Walters, and I don't know if 95K gets him up to Tomahawk, but that would be the suggestion, right? Yeah, I don't think that that's uh, not going to be enough, unfortunately, so perfect. <laughs> okay, so Walters, you just need to get him out your team. Whether you use that 95K, rewind, listen to our Walters section and make your best call. Don't worry about the 95K um, and, and just make the best decision that you can. And we're sorry that you missed that on Hawkins. So we'll jump into Reese's question. He says, top five PODs for the season. So this could be difficult. I'm just going to ask you to name your number one POD and I'll, I'll name my number one. Are you, like POD going into the last round or just POD... No, no, for the season. So uh, if you were starting your team round one all over again, who's someone that you would have picked that no one else did? That I would, as in, am I taking this seriously? Like I would have picked them or just, uh, no, Okay, no I'll, I'll answer. The number one POD <laughs> for the season is Jackson McRae. I think pretty simply, if you were one of the 3 or 5% teams that started with McRae, you got a massive boost on the competition, monetary, trade, and points-wise. So whoever started with McRae is a certified Genius, but is it a POD if he's in like eighteen percent now? Even though he was in like no, teams to start? you say at the start as a point of difference. Okay, well then, Lockie good players Neil. that a point of differences don't stay as point of difference. Oh my gee, Lockie Lockie Neal is the seventh highest scorer for the entire season, and was not in many teams uh, to start the season. So he's probably the number one, and then your Perfect. pick is number two because you're not as good. What about um, Grundy? Was Grundy a point of difference, or was he very highly picked? I think we, we're going to call him a POD. Great pick, case. then. Whoever started with Grundy, pat on the back. There's and, our top three. And Jake Lloyd <laughs> as well, if you're going to if you're going to include him. Yep, um, Jake Lloyd, big time. Otherwise, Brayshaw. I think, Brayshaw was a point of difference. Yeah, I don't know if you have, will have started. He hasn't been... Like, he's been okay, but he's only been coming really good uh, at the end of the year. I think if you... Selected, um, I know Menegola um, wasn't in that many teams to start the year because everyone was like, he's so expensive. But the bloke's averaged 100 and hasn't missed a game. So um, he was an expensive POD, but he was a good one. Um, oh, we've missed the best one. Justin uh, Westhoff, point of difference. Yes, Justin Westhoff, that was where I was going. Uh, definitely fantastic POD there as well. So hopefully Andrew that Higgins. answers your question. And... Uh, What's what's next, JB? <laughs> so, um, Dalen, we've answered your question already. He's asking for a Walters replacement. Next is Christian asking if Ablett is a vice-captaincy option against the Gold Coast Suns. Um, in short, we're doing a vice-captaincy option uh, segment after the questions, but yes, he's definitely definitely, definitely a vice-captaincy option. And then next is Charlie asking if he should field Austin or Shannon Hearn. So... I assume you mean Logan Austin, and although their last two weeks have actually been Logan Austin outscoring him, you simply have to score the premium. You go big or go home in the finals, and Shannon Hearn is the type of player that could quite easily put up a ton. So Austin, 110% less likely to score 100. Uh, Yeah, and if you can loophole, then do that. Yeah, loophole's option number one. So this now takes us to the Twitter question. So... Abel Grant has asked us thoughts on how Kelly will score this week. This is GWS Kelly. So he's coming back from a concussion um, caused by Tex Walker. 
And in my opinion, he's one of the best players in the AFL and will score very well coming back. If he's playing, he's fit. And if he's fit, he's scoring 120. So that is my guess. I think uh, Tim Kelly will outscore Josh Kelly this week. Well, he did last week, so by 155. So it's not a horrible call. Um, Yeah. Well, I mean, what are you going to bench Kelly or are you looking at trading him in? Because if you're going to trade him in, I think I would be taking a punt on maybe Gaz or something. over Kelly, I, I, yeah, I probably wouldn't be trading in Josh Kelly for this round. I mean, you can. Okay, thanks, JB. <laughs> we'll move on. Baz says he's three out of three grand finals this year. Thanks for the advice. However, this week's conundrum is: Do I VC Danger like last week, or Vice Captain Grundy? Now, these people seem to be really digging into our captain segment. But the simple answer for me is if you're not vice-captain in Grundy, you shouldn't even own him in your team. Okay, you feel very strongly about that, so I will... I'll, I'll give you some numbers later on, but in short, I don't even need to give you any numbers. He's ridiculously good at the video All right, game. lock it in. You heard it here first. Well, <laughs> probably not. This is probably the last podcast you're listening to before the round starts. You probably heard it here last. Abel has asked another question. Come on, he Abel. says, any Double chance Kaito will become a good fantasy option? Now this no. this is a FPL question. No, you pistol. can't. You don't want to use up one of your Liverpool slots on him. Come exactly. on, exactly. It's just that's. Come on. And he's seven point five compared to Mick Terran, who seems like a great seven point option. And then you look at the six point five, sort of performing well, like Pedro Richarlison, who's now six point eight. And I just don't think Kaita's price is justified as a Liverpool option. There we go. Um, let's move back to hopefully Super <laughs> back Coach. To Super Coach. <laughs> Now, Abel's getting us in trouble with this podcast. Liam, six out of seven grand finals this week, top 1,000 rank, have only 4K spare and one trade. Can't trade JPK, Hearn, or McLean to anyone decent, thinking Walter's unlimited funds to Jared Waite. This guy <laughs> listens to the podcast. Last game against the Saints, unless there's a better option. So we have covered this, and we I think Jared Waite's a great option, but Parfit may be better. Yeah, this was what I was saying earlier in the podcast. Don't get stuck into the trap of being like, yeah, I have 420k. I should get, you know, I should spend the money. You just get who you think will score the most. And if Parfit you think is going to outscore um, Waite, then just take Parfit. But <laughs> I think it will be a lot of fun having Jared Waite this week. Like, you know, as far as... If yeah, I do too. <laughs> it's, it's just going to be a fun ride. If it goes well, it goes well. If it goes bad, it goes bad. You're not winning the whole thing. If you if you have a chance of falling out of the top 1,000, then maybe don't risk it, but also have fun with it because it's a, the last round of the season. It's I mean, Parfit's obviously a risk as well. Like, he's not a guaranteed ton. I, I know, like, we can make predictions and he, he looks likely to score a decent score, but he's a big risk as well. So go with what your gut feel is, I reckon. I think so. And uh, did he mention anything else? He also then said, also, Pistol said to win entry into your leagues next season, so lock me in. I mean, in our group, we've got uh, two players in the top 100, so they're probably going to make a way into, but who knows what happens. People don't ever get back to us when we uh, send them messages if they want to join. So if you do want to join our 10-tier division leagues for next season, 
Um, we've now collected everyone's email addresses for next year, so we'll just be e emailing out the codes. But obviously, some people don't check their emails and they don't join in time, and there will be extra slots up for grabs. We'll play some games and competitions over the preseason um, to join the first reserve list. I think last year we ended up giving away an extra like 20 slots or something to all the game winners. So we'll be uh, yeah doing that in the preseason. So keep your eye out for that stuff. And the last question is by admin Jack Plunkett, who asks, who's going to win the admin league out of me and Kane? So he's referring to the, the Dr. Supercoach admin leagues. He and another admin are obviously in the grand final as per how the admin league would generally work. And he wants to know, Pistol, who's your tip to win? Jack is ranked 74th overall, so we do have some quality admins uh, behind us, obviously, otherwise uh, you wouldn't be listening to us, but uh, yeah, 74th <laughs> for Jack, great season, you've just got to go with him all the way, he hasn't dropped below 2,500 in I think five weeks in a row now, or six weeks in a row now, so money's on Jack, take it home. Yeah, and if Jack doesn't win, then, you know, he, he won't win, you know, it's just... Wow, just one you're of those things. full of terrible... What is that? If you won't win, you won't win. Sometimes <laughs> it's true. the team that scores the most amount of points wins. Not necessarily. All right. Uh, anything else <laughs> for this podcast, JB? I mean, if you think about it, if Carlton score the most amount of points all season, they lose because they got a bad list and you know they don't get the number one pick. That's a lose for them. I think you're... Uh... Are we wrapping this up? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll jump into some captaincy options real quick. So um, as discussed, as asked by a user, uh, a question asker earlier, <laughs> Grundy um, is a great option this week. Has a three-round average of 155, round average of 144. He scored 134 against this opposition earlier in the season. And honestly, if you own Grundy and consider anyone else for your vice captaincy, then you're absolutely insane. I think he's going to score very, very well this week. And if you don't own Grundy, I think Ablett is the next one. A lot of people don't own Ablett, and Danger would be the next one for me. Do you have any other contributions? Uh, well, you've made some good points. Um, I think it depends on who your captain is, but I think you could also look to vice-captain Laird against Carlton. Um, although, if you do own Grundy, you've... Uh, You've sold a solid case, and I think a lot of people would be tossing up between Dangerfield and Grundy, but I think if you've got Grundy, probably just pop the VC on Grundy. So, uh, yeah, Nat, if you're listening, pop the VC on Grundy. Definitely. And the captaincy options for me, uh, most players that are playing in the Sunday games, firstly, I'd like to say Max Gorn. Obviously, his um, stats speak for themselves. Secondly, I like Patrick Cripps um, against almost any opposition, but he's just a consistent beast. He's exactly what you want for your captaincy score. He's good for 110 uh, essentially every single week. And then thirdly, would you like to talk us about the third best option, Pistol? I've mentioned him in past weeks, and that's uh, Elliot Yo. He has gone massively under the radar in his scoring in the last six weeks. Um, I should say seven weeks. He's had five scores above 120 and two scores below 120 in an 88 and a 94. He might be better suited as a VC, but you can only really utilize that if you don't have a player playing in the Melbourne GWS game or the St. Kilda versus North Melbourne game. You could do a yo into a Gorn, for example, because five of his last seven above 20, that's uh, 
that's some good VC and C scores. So Elliot Yo, definitely someone to keep the eye out on, especially if you need a POD to try and win your grand final because you're losing and you know they've they've got on Gorn and you're just stuck. Um, he's somebody I would consider, but otherwise, Gorn, you know, against Lob, he's going to smash him in the ruck and you know coming off a 156 as well, as well as a 160 last year against GWS. I just think Gorn is such a good captaincy option this week. Yeah, yeah, obviously Gorn, great captaincy option for the whole season, and it's great to see him get through the whole season uninjured because we actually needed that from one of our players this year. So having said that, that does wrap up our captaincy options. And Pistol, I'm going to steal a couple of minutes of microphone time here because I've barely gotten to speak over you this this whole entire podcast. (laughs) And just make a little announcement. So... The announcement is is definitely still having the details ironed out, so not everything is set in stone, almost nothing is set in stone, but I can reveal the basics for now, so we can get an early scope on how the community vibes with the idea, so obviously we don't want to cause any uproar, we want everything that we do to be for the community and in their best interest. So. Last season, we mentioned starting a Patreon, but instead we decided to take another hit on the season and continue to focus on the Cancer Council donations. So now we've raised just over $5,000, which is great. Now, we'd love a little bit of help running the page, but we don't plan on receiving help without upping our services. And this is the part that's still being ironed out. So we don't have, we've got we've got good ideas about how we're gonna up our services and, and have you guys contribute for us to continue running the page. But instead of at a loss, um, at, at more of a break even, hopefully. So that that is the plan. And having said that, we we won't be getting lazy. We're in fact committing to spending more time to improve our services. And having said that, pistol every service that we currently provide, including but not limited to live scores, captains articles, and of course the podcast, will remain free for the public. So nothing that we've offered this season will become in any way, shape, or form something that you will have to pay for. And we would never, ever, ever charge for any section or any part of the podcast to to be listened to. So that is a guarantee. But we'd like to reward those who choose to support us. So there will be prize leagues um, and there will also be many other services that we're going to be implementing with the Patreon system. And for those who don't know about Patreon, it's a small pledge that you make um, and it can be a monthly increment sort of payment system and very very we're looking at very small numbers nothing anywhere near ten dollars so um just something to help us out with the podcast and we'd love to hear everyone's thoughts on this positive or negative because after all everything we do is for the community nothing will ever ever make us stop that pistol so if you've got anything to add on to that i think i think it's good to sort of get it out in the open um we we do run we have been running this for many many years now it's a hobby that we love doing. We we love hearing all the comments and, and tweets and that saying how people have made their grand finals, had a successful year. And it's even in small part due to the, the fact that they listen to the podcast. But it comes to a point where we sort of just want to get coasting on an, on an even playing field sort of thing um, with what we put into the page. So what have you got to add to that, Pistol? Uh, not much. You said it pretty well, JB. I, I will say... Uh, we are, yeah, as you said, working on some things that might not make it for the start of next season, um, but hopefully we can get things over the line because they will be, I guess, uh, fantasy firsts, perhaps, um, something that the fantasy community hasn't seen before. So um, 
yeah, not sure. Touch and go, but uh, we'll see what we can do. And, you know, um, this is, as you said, this is all, nothing is set in stone as well. So very open to hearing the community's feedback and, you know, what they'd like more of or what they like less of as well. Um, as well as just the pre-season, sorry, post-season podcasts. I think last year we may have uh, dropped the ball a little bit in terms of uh, lack of content between the months of September to you know, December until it really came out, maybe even January. Um, I do want to say that we will be willing and happy to continue doing podcasts on a you know fortnight to monthly basis um, all throughout the off season. If you have suggestions on podcasts that you'd like us to talk about, um, we would be happy to do so. Um, we're thinking at the moment something to do um, about the trade period, something and how it affects Supercoach, something about the the draft period, how it affects Supercoach, um, maybe an end of season wrap up with some of our things, uh, you know, that went right and wrong. Maybe just uh, laughing at ourselves uh, for the, some of the decisions. <laughs> be plenty of that. Yeah, a bit too much of the season decisions we made, <laughs> um, as well as ramping it up in the preseason to do more um, very in-depth analysis on specific, you know, team by team or player position by position podcasts. Um, and yeah, really, really ramping it up over the off season as well. So, um, any suggestions that you'd like us to implement over the the pre? So I keep saying pre-season, post-season is kind of a pre-season. So over that time frame, let us know because we will definitely take it into consideration. Yeah, and I think just mostly it goes without saying that everyone on the Dr. Supercoach community or everyone on the team just couldn't say more about our community, how much we love interacting with you guys and everything you've done for the Cancer Council, which we'll still be running it permanently and pushing very hard for the Donate for Donuts scheme very successful we love every bit of it and just a huge thank you again to everyone that's donated everyone that's tuned in throughout the season everyone that sent us a message or or liked a post it's all just incredible the support that we receive in order to support you so i think it's great what we do and what you guys do and yeah it's i can't say i can't see a near future or far future of us ever giving this up pistol so it's uh, getting a bit soppy there, JB. So oh, I just love the community. Uh, no, it's, it's excellent stuff though, and that will pretty much wrap us up, Pistol, because I need to go find some some tissues and, and cry a bit. But oh dear, is, is thought, that is that us done? Yeah, I thought you were going to mention Higgins again, but uh, we'll uh, end the podcast. And good luck for your grand finals this week, community. <laughs>